This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast brought to you by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. Orbition Group is delighted to bring this podcast series, which boasts some of the most high profile data analytics and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Each episode details the journey to the top of our industry's most respected leadership figures while bringing unique insights drawn from first-hand experience on the industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, experiences and ideas to inspire, innovate and give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Samir Sharma, who is the CEO of DataZoom. So Samir, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Carl. Thank you for the invite. No, it's no problem at all. Um, Got there in the end, obviously had some technical difficulties, um, having a a good old laugh about that, given your LinkedIn status (laughs) just before uh, cursed us, I (laughs) guess. But but there you go. Yes, yes, it did, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It did. We should um, have had beer. I should have said beer instead of coffee. I think that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so look, where we always start, Samir, as you know, is kind of just trying to get an understanding of, of your background, I guess. So um, yeah, g- give us a, a brief introduction sure. into you know your journey to yeah. date and uh, and where you've ended up. Yeah, so when I was three, uh, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've I've been I've worked I I don't have the type of linear career that you know people have working in data. So I've started off as a, a data or anything like that. I I've worked in many different industries in many different guises, but um, data has always been a thread. Somehow it's it's come into into play and it's come into existence. So way back in, you know, my second uh, role, um, uh, my second job, second company I was working for was Christie's, the auctioneers. And uh, I remember they were asking me, well, you to to look at the data and I want you to uh, help the strategic marketing team and I want you to help make money. And I thought to myself, oh, so I'd come from sort of doing pure business transformation and helping redefine processes, optimize the way that, you know, uh, that this operated. And then, it, you know, implementing a CRM system and, and getting all, all of those good things in place around customers and interests and so on. And then I got this ask and it was like, weird, okay. Um, and, you know, we're talking about 2002. So in 2002, we didn't really have much tooling. And unfortunately, we had, you know, green green and black screens. So um, I come from that era where there's, you know, very, very clunky machines and so on. So, you know, that taught me a thing or two about what data means. But, you know, as I journeyed through my career, I the sort of data aspect there and then went into um, uh, government consulting, uh, working with, you know, at, uh, at Accenture and then, you know, working into the UK government. And then I got asked to um, work with the Prime Minister of Trinidad and Tobago when I left um, uh, Accenture. So, you know, it's all public sector transformation, but there was still a theme of data and so on in that. But it was only until I got to my final corporate job, I'll say, which was uh, 2010, that I actually ran um, a... Uh, a team for a company called Vertex, 
um, and scaled their their UK business for data and analytics. I also ran, you know, at, at Christie's a sort of uh, a big team across the globe, um, building. Uh, not, I, I wouldn't say data pipelines, but feeding back insight into the business. Um, and it was very early days, but but at two thousand and you know two thousand and ten was pretty cool in terms of building something, understanding how it drove business. Um, and and really, you know, defining what what the, the the company did in its propositions, and it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. And then they sold the company, and then I thought, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> so I ended data zoom. You know, I was sitting there as one does, having a beer, speaking to my wife, and said, look, this is, I've never been in this position. I I I like this, you know, but maybe maybe I should go and do it for another corporate. And she just said, why didn't you do it for yourself if you love it so much? So that was the birth of DataZoom in 2012. Um, and so, you know, we've, we've been going since then nine years um, and it's been um, a really interesting ride. Nice, nice. So yeah, appreciate the kind of comprehensive insight there. So DataZoom, obviously you're very big on LinkedIn and, um, you know, good at the whole PR piece around what you do. But I guess mm. for the purpose of, the listeners that may not be as familiar just give us a bit of insight into you know type of work that you're doing who you work with you know where you're working so forth and so on sure so i mean the idea of that zoom came about started to see the mismatch or the all the gaps between data data strategy um implementing um and driving business and all i saw was this whole thing around technology 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 so, you know, in 2012, when we started DataZoom, that was the idea. Let's do data strategy. Let's help companies um, drive uh, and deliver their business strategies, but, we're, un, you know, underpinning it with creating and implementing data strategies. So how do we drive growth? How do we optimize processes? How do we, you know, affect and, and improve customer experiences and so on? So that's really where um, the company was born. And you know, as we, and it was early days, I think, in data strategy, people were thinking, well, what is this thing? What, what is data strategy? So I think it was early days, there was a lot of education. Um, and it took us, you know, quite a bit of time to, to really get into the swing of it and for people to understand what it could help them with, um, because there was such a big technology play. But as companies started to realize what it was, they started to get on board and data strategy way back then was was what, what we did. Now, as we deliver data strategies themselves, we were doing it at sort of an advisory level. And then companies are coming back to us and saying, would you be able to execute and implement this data strategy? We said, sure, we can do that. So we started to build data management platforms, started to do data governance, data architecture, and really implement but always remembering that we had to provide value back to the business and really, you know, make money or save money. Um, so, you know, the kinds of clients we we work with, um, in, you know, have been um, right across the sector. So we work with government, we've worked with law enforcement, we've worked with retailers, we've worked with utility companies, we work with charities quite a bit. Uh, we work with um, logistics companies. You know, th th there's a lot of people that we've, we've worked with, large companies or firms. Um, and we've worked, uh, you know, uh, around the world. We we work with people across not just the UK but Europe, as far as Africa and across to the US. So, you know, I, I would say we've got a good spread. And now we also do the whole innovation piece as well because customers came back to us and said we really like what you do with, you know, data strategy, data management. You help us implement innovative data science um, strategies and you know help us make more money or or save money. So that's essentially what we do. Yep. 
Nice. Okay. Um, good stuff. And obviously, on top of all of that, that, that you're involved in, Samir, you, you have your own podcast. Um, so I do. You know, always fascinates me being a podcaster myself but what, what got you on that journey what was the trigger point for, for you to start thinking about <laughs> doing doing it for yourself uh yeah it's a, it's it's a good question so uh, around about four or five years ago I, I started doing something called data leaders um, and data leaders was specifically around I'm interviewing chief data officers around the around the globe or those who were sort of heads of data or heads of analytics at the time which was Probably one of my busiest periods, um, sort of scaling up the company and really trying to to work through a lot of changes. Um, and I started doing that, and I did it for you know maybe six to seven months, but it just got, you know, I I couldn't continue it. Uh, you know, last year, um, which is you know I think it was the right time for me to um, start again and you know kick off the data strategy show because I think that that whole essence of what we do, you know, and, and, and it, it sort of w- was driven through the, 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 the show itself. So, you know, the idea is really to bring, um, to, to get people who are far better at what they do than I am, um, who are specialists in the field within, within data, could be from any discipline, and really talk about how they help companies make money and how they drive data strategies. And, you know, it's an educational piece. It's, it's, there is no sponsorship. It really is purely for me to learn selfishly and for other people to learn. And mm-hmm. I committed to it. Um, and it's just become, you know, a very cool thing. And I love doing it. Um, and I love speaking to people and, you know, just learning about, you know, their journey and what they do, probably similar to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sounds exactly the same reason, really. You know, I think um, the whole process and, and point of me putting mm-hmm. this together and the the ones that I've done previously is you know all about just trying to give back because i think there and i'm sure we're going to jump into some of this but i'm sure there's you know a lot of um ideas and discussion points and you know trending topics if you want to call it that mm-hmm. in the industry mm-hmm. um that you know need sure. addressing and need sure. a platform to get those points addressed yes. to a wider audience effectively so um yeah um yeah yeah i I also think the the other thing I do with it is to get people who aren't necessarily seen but are doing very good things, um, and to get their voices heard as well. Because that's the other, you know, aspect of this is there are a lot of people who are the same typical people that come onto other podcasts or you know webinars or whatever. So it's just yep. it's also just casting that that net a little bit wider and saying there's some other really cool people doing amazing stuff. So let's get them on as well so that they can sort of, you know, get their reach out and their, whatever they're doing and they can be known and heard. So that's the reason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So as I mentioned earlier to kind of preface this, you're, you know, active on LinkedIn. Um, as am I, you know, we're probably, mm-hmm. you know, probably at the top of each other's hit lists in terms of who we talk to the most. <laughs> um, but um, in terms of, you know, the content that you're often putting out there, it was this piece that really caught yeah. my eye a little while back around the notion of mm-hmm. creating a culture of decision not a culture of data, which is often, you know, I guess part of the the industry buzzwords that we hear now, you know, data-driven, data culture, yada, yada, yada. Where did that whole decision culture, decision intelligence piece come from? What what was the kind of catalyst for for, for that becoming a thing for for DataZoom? Yeah, so it was around 2014 where I was working with a big client 
and they wanted us to um, create th their data strategy for their parcels business. They they really didn't have a uh, an idea of what they wanted to do, how they wanted to do it. I had two camps. I had the commercial teams and I had the operational teams. And you know, the, the first questions I, I got asked were, well, what kind of technology are we going to put in? And I said, well, it's not about technology. So I said, what do you do with it? And it it started to, to, to sort of really make them think about um, that question, really. You know, what is the end goal? What's the outcome? And as I started to talk to them, I also started to develop this thing around, well, do you know what? We already in companies make decisions. I mean, you know, let, let, I think these, you know, these things are all always happening, but we have more and more data. We, we have access to different ways to look at it. Um, and we're not necessarily using it in the right way. And I also saw that, you know, from sort of data to insight, people would remove the, 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 the sort of middle piece and just get some data and try and spin up some idea um, without really pinning it to a purpose. So I went back to, and I like to build frameworks and models. I mean, if you've ever seen my LinkedIn post where I've, you know, I, I draw stuff with hand and whatever. Um, I sort of sat down after one of my meetings and I thought to myself, you know what they need is, is getting their business strategy and underpinning a couple of, and underpinning with a, with a few things. So it's understanding their strategic objectives. Um, what were the, the the decisions that they needed to make to arrive or achieve those strategic objectives? What were the business questions that they were trying to answer continuously that that weren't being answered? Um, and and who were the people that needed to understand all of these things um, and 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 arrive at some you know some some meaningful um, evaluation of their business or you know their their supply chain or or how many people are buying their products, et cetera. So that, that was, I hit upon that. And I, I then made something called the decision map, which is now, now gone into a, a, a canvas that I've created called the decision intelligence canvas. But it helped the executives. And this was the thing. It helped the executives to really understand how do they link what they're doing to this thing called data. And we never talked about data, but what it did is it brought in the notion of change management. It brought in the notion of, I understand what I'm now doing with this thing. It built a purpose and a link between the business strategy and effectively the data strategy. It also allowed for the data analyst to go away and take away all of these business questions and things like that that we built. And, you know, it was a pretty comprehensive piece of work. Um, and they were able to go and start to do some data discovery very quickly. Oh, now we know what we need. Now I know what the purpose is. Now I need to go off and find out where this data is. And they could very quickly come back and say, we can probably answer these types of questions, but we can't answer those. So this, this whole framework allowed the commercial and operational teams to really understand what they had in terms of data, how effective it was going to be and what decisions were gonna drive the outcomes that they would like from a, a strategic perspective. And, and it was simple as that, but it it sort of probably took a, you know that length of time for me to think, if they're thinking about technology, they're missing something. So that's how the whole decisions um, and, and the canvases that I now produce around that help inform executives and leaders what 
they're going to do with their data and why they're doing it. Um, and it closes that gap. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's where it came from. That's where it was born. But it, it worked very well. And it's very effective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find it fascinating and I'm sure, you know, you'll have seen a lot of the stuff that, that I kind of bang on about on, on LinkedIn and through the various platforms. But I think, you know, there there is so much emphasis on the technology piece and the data piece, you know, and it's, for me, I always just think, well, every business, even if they're not doing anything with data and or analytics, they've got data, right? If as soon as you start operating, you, you've got data, but there seems to be, you know, mm -hmm. this obligation, for want of a better word, where these executives in this business almost feel like they need to be seen to be doing something, whether they buy into that whole process. And I think, yes. it, you know, what you've come yeah. on to there is a way for them to actually grasp the power of it really because i think you know often they think about oh well, yeah this whole data analytics yeah. thing right yeah that means you know some new sexy tech that's going to cost us multi-millions of pounds <laughs> yeah. oh, what does that, does that mean you know this yeah. way of finding more data using that data to kind of make to, to do something that we already do right we make decisions as you said we make decisions anyway but mm -hmm. i think it's just opening their yeah. eyes to all we're really trying to get to here is allowing you to make better more informed decisions based on some kind of evidence um as opposed to it being right. you know this this buzzword kind of dictionary yeah. really yeah and 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 you know you use the word evidence and i think this this stems from the old management um techniques or at least you know if you go back to porter and, and people are like this is evidence-based management that's all it is it's nothing new um and it's it, and i think you know that's the bit which i've always struggled with when i when i um look at uh people's um the, 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 essentially the data strategies that they might have when I might go and review what they're currently doing. And I look at their data strategies. I mean, you know, it's astonishing to think that, you know, how can you effectively communicate and provide somebody with a, uh, a really good understanding of why they're doing this thing. And I think that's the, that's the importance. And you're right. There's a, there's a lot of talk and I think there's something there as well that you know when you talked about data driven and when you talked about decision culture or when you talk about decision intelligence these are all buzzwords let's face it they are all buzzwords i mean i and, and i you know I, i'm i'm culpable in in the sense but it's the way that we can convey something that makes makes sense and provide executives leaders ceos with a real understanding of what they want to do because if the board or the ceos or the c-suite don't know there's no point you know, so you've got to have them on side and it's got to make meaningful sense for them in a business context. So my view is never speak to any of those guys in the frame of a technology because they're just going to glaze over. But if I speak to them in, in the views of what decisions you're going to make and what's it going to drive in terms of revenue, um, managing risk or, um, you know, op op optimizing their operations, then they understand that. And that's, that's effectively what we, what we should be doing. And that's the buy-in bit as well. So these tools that we, we've created and we use are for that context. There are technical things that we do, but I, you know, that's down the line. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's taken time and I still work to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, 
as you say, it, it's a case of they need to understand the bigger picture. And once they kind of get bought into that, you know, then the, the the technical work in terms of building that framework and, you know, everything that comes with it to allow that yeah. to happen can, can fall into place. But um, I think, you know, as an industry, we probably are guilty of trying to build mm-hmm. stuff you know, get to the point where we're able to do it before we're ready for that, if that makes sense. Um, So I guess one of the interesting pieces to me, which, you know, you, you often talk about within this whole decision intelligence kind of thing is the focus on Mm -hmm. data. And I know that you've, you know, said in the past, you know, data Mm -hmm. is just an enabler, just like technology is an enabler and and so forth and and so on. Now, I guess for a lot of people, you know, when you're thinking about, making evidence-based decisions based on the data um, that might throw up a few queries as to well how how can the focus ever be too much on the data so just outline kind of what the the, the concept is around that kind of notion if you don't mind sure so I, I think as data practitioners we're always talking about data it's as simple as that we never talk about you know we, we go to our um, business partners talking data a business partner doesn't care you know, doesn't doesn't really care where the data is, you know, what, what system it's in. Um, don't go and speak to them about, you know, oh, it's in really bad quality. Go to them with the solution that you're going to help them, you know, get to. And that's why I think we focus too much on data. Like technology, as, as you just mentioned, it is an enabler. It's an input, you know, into what we do. But the final outcome is what the business wants to achieve. So for me, data is the wrong conversation. And that's why I think we, you know, that's why I think you've got a lot of failure in data projects programs. Um, even science, pro, you know, projects are failing now as well. Um, you know, so we've got to change the narrative. We've got to to think that this is not all about data. We understand it, sure, we do, but you know, there are many people out there who don't. So I think we've just got to shift our focus, change our mindsets, um, and it's not about the other side. It's those people are not supposed to know the ins and outs of master data or or I'm setting up a data architect, data modeling. Why would they? They want to know, are you going to make me money or are you going to protect my assets? And I think that's the way that we need to think. Um, and, and hence, you know, they don't need to know what's under the covers. We build it, but we get we generate results and we generate the outcome. And that's what they want to see. And I think happened in the market and certainly in, you know, it's beginning to happen in the States uh, more so. And maybe it will come here. Business um, people on the other side of the analytics or data teams are beginning to question the validity of data and analytics because there's been a lot of investment, but been very little run. And I think we're that's certainly happening in the States. So we've got to get off the, you know, the, the life raft of data and speak business language. It's as simple as that, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think I'm sure you that... see it all the time in your. Yeah. I, I was just about to say, yeah, no, I'm just saying, I'm sure you see it, you know, all the time <laughs> in your area. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's one of them things, right. If you think about, the world of recruitment and kind of going head hunting people. And I think yeah, we're at this point now, as you'll know from my various LinkedIn rants, um, that, um, you know, the, the, the people, the people that are in the midst of, you know, being the practitioners for these companies. Um, I feel like we're in this cycle where, we can't get out of that kind of technology hyperbole because the way most organizations still look at this yeah. is very much as 
these people are technologists and therefore that candidate and talent pool has to yeah. play those cards to almost get the job. Um, but ultimately, you know, my, my narrative all the time is, look, this is a business role. Like, of course, you know, the technology is important because it allows you to do your job and it allows you to do your job more efficiently sure. than it would be without it. But ultimately yeah. you're trying to change the way something works in a business to, you know, increase revenue, um, reduce costs, improve efficiencies, mitigate risks, whatever the case may be, that's your job. So whilst there is a technical component to be able to do that job, and obviously the spectrum of data is quite broad ranging, right? So some, you know, more, engineering sure. type roles naturally they're more technologically focused but for the bulk of it you know it's a case of we should be looking at this as i'm a business person i'm trying to help this business make money reduce costs whatever the case may be not you know look Correct. how many great machine learning models i can make because and i say this all the time it's <laughs> you, you could go away and build 20 models and if they're not pulling in the same direction as the business strategy then they're not going to get used to so it's absolutely pointless they might be the yeah. best models that's ever yeah. been built but yep. so, so what, you know what I mean? I think we're, we're slowly cottoning onto that, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a difficult one. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. And it just brings up a couple of examples in my mind around, you know, one company we work with um, is a global, is a global bank. Um, and, you know, I was speaking to one of the regional heads um, last week and, you know, they are now looking for support within their data science activities, mainly because they are building data, they are building algorithms that are literally just going into uh, a prototyping area. Now, and, and they're not getting the value from that because they haven't possibly uh, trained their data scientists enough, or they have find what they want to do, you know, with the business itself. Uh, and and they're more focused on technology. So it's interesting when I got the the overview of what the, the the skills and capabilities of the data science team were. It was all heavily tech based, but what was missing was this huge component of critical thinking, empathy, curiosity. You know, being able to find a problem, being able to understand the business, being process oriented. Those things were missing. So. For me, it's key to have that because, as you said, anybody can, you know, and nowadays, you know, algorithms, are very, they're on the shelf. You know, you can just pick one off and you can, you know, there's many libraries available to do that. Um, and, you know, we've been doing it for, what, 50 years now. So it's mm -hmm. not a, you know, there is, a, we can accelerate it and we've got the, the, the data that we can, can chuck at it more. So, you know, those things are missing and, and. That's that's the bit which I think still lacks. So you know you've got people who are doing that, but but they're still prototyping, um, and they've never really got value from it. And then on the other side, um, we've got another company who who will build you know data products like dashboards, um, but nobody uses them. So why is that the case? You know, uh, and it just links back to you know purpose, strategy, and 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 the outcomes that are required. So there is this big gulf I still think between what is tech and what is business related and the mindset of, you know, yeah, fine. I want a dashboard, but actually does it need to be really beautiful? Does it, it needs to be functional? It can be as ugly as hell, but if it gives me what I need it to do and it tells me, tells me what I need to do, there's an action and there's an outcome. Great. Cause then I know that I'm, I know where I'm going, but if there isn't, then it's of no use. There's yeah. no value. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think the people that end up, 
moving into leadership figures if i think about someone's career trajectory you know that might be at that mid-level the people that tend to fare the best are the people that click into this really early on you know so i i host events where it's you mm-hmm. know data leadership figures and if i look around that room sure 80 85 percent of them are come from completely non-technical backgrounds finance marketing uh, mm-hmm. engineering mm-hmm. science um no, very few of them have been a core technologist who have you know yes. been a developer and moved their way up and i guess i don't know whether that's something that we need to address because these people may not want to go on and be a leader um but ultimately if you do you know the quicker you cotton on to the fact that the people that make it the furthest realize this is a commercial value adding capability within a business you know the better chance you've got of progressing through the ranks if, if that's what Correct. you want to do you know Absolutely and, and obviously Absolutely you know the, the flip side of that is yes of course there are better p- people that are better you know facing uh to the business and having those business conversations and then there are some completely technical people and yeah you getting the balance right is very beneficial but you know if you had to make a choice, you'd err on the side of business because you can go and find people that can, mm-hmm. you know, code in, you know, it's one of them. Who cares? Power BI or Tableau? Who cares? You know, AWS or GCP? Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's 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 just something <laughs> that you use, doesn't, right? It doesn't so, bother me as yeah. long as I... <laughs> so look, Samir, really, really what I want to get to at this point is the differences, right, between data leaders Mm -hmm. who are sat within organizations versus the executives. Because I guess, you know, if you're sat in front of an executive and you're saying, right, you know, we're talking about decision culture here and what this is going to allow you to do is to make more evidence-based decisions to drive value, reduce cost, whatever the case may be. I imagine that's a wholly different conversation to the people that are responsible for managing these you know data analytics capabilities within a within a business um and you know Mm -hmm. i I imagine getting them to Mm -hmm. try to focus less on the data is more difficult than it is obviously the execs who you know you have to try and get them to focus on the data a little bit um so talk us through how you go about kind of doing that and i guess what the experiences have been on you know the differences around that so uh you know the, the way i look at data leaders um is effectively somebody who should be understanding the business, being able to um, tell uh, the their business partners exactly um, what is available and and what they will get out of it, but work with them in that context. Really start to uncover what the challenges are, um, and as I said previously, not come at it from a technical viewpoint, but actually be able to show the data the the, the executives. How can I get value from this set of data? So it could be as easy as taking transactional data and, and you know, sort of mashing up with behavioral data and getting some really interesting things that are popping out of that, that they can relay back to um, the executives in their own terms, in their own language. And actually, that doesn't take that much to do. Um, and there are so many nuggets that will be available, no doubt, for for that kind of data set. So you don't have to go out and get, you know, huge amounts of data. You don't have to start with, you know, trying to be too complex. Just be simple. Just think about, you know, where is the where are the things that one can do firstly to improve the current maybe the way that they they obtain data and 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 the way that it's transported to them. So it could be through a product, it could be through an app, it could be through, you know, any any form of um, visualization, but knowing just how to deliver that in the most economical way 
and in the way that's going to be most effective could break down those barriers very quickly. So, you know, we talk about low hanging fruit, but there's this whole other fruit that we need to get to. So show the value early and be able to demonstrate without a huge amount of investment that, look, there are things that we can do to drive your business. And I think that's one of the things that we often forget. We often go to the, oh my goodness, we've got this you know big ocean to boil and we're going to do this amazing stuff with machine learning or AI or whatever it might be. But it could be a, it's just literally spinning up something very, um, you know, it could it could be a very simple dashboard. It could be a very simple output from, you know, a very simple algorithm, but just to show them that, you know, if you, if you looked at your customers this way, if you understood what they wanted, you might be able to sell some better products. Um, and I think that's the one thing that that data leaders need to do in 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 a way that can help the business understand. And that value piece will help the investment for things like your master data management system, or for things like you know a new data lake or whatever that might be, um, a new cloud data store whatever it is, but they've got to understand that value before they can invest. And this is where I think the gaps are existing. Um, and I think that's what data leaders need to understand before they go into, you know, bringing in a sizable chunk of, of budget, which unfortunately right now they don't have. Um, and and here's, here's the rub with many data leaders, chief data officers and so on. They don't have big, huge budgets to play with. Because I think their business partners have realized or the, or the C-suite have realized we can't keep spending all this stuff. So bring value, look at where you can make a difference, play back that value and what the outcomes will be, and then you know start to, to build that out. But go incrementally and, and always think about what value can you provide at those increments. Um, and that's the way that you'll get leaders um, in organizations and the executives and the management on side rather than thinking, gosh, that's a lot of money we need to pump into a, a data program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, you know, when you look at the kind of data leaders that go on to to do really good things, I think they're the people that, that get that very quickly. I, I do, however, think on the flip side of that coin that the way a lot of organizations try to attract talent, um, not all of them, but a lot of them, um, you know, heads, you know, I've seen numerous heads of or director level roles within the data analytics sphere that you can tell just by the job description, what they actually want is someone to come in who can deliver some data led technical programs. Right. And ultimately they're not mm -hmm. going to be the people mm -hmm. that are kind of piecing that, you know, bridging that gap between, you know, the, the technical stuff they need to do from a data and analytics standpoint and the execs being business facing. So I think that's often where, this problem lies you know if you if an organization is going recruiting someone to come in at the head of level but really all they're really responsible for is delivering on a you know um i don't know whatever a, a data science project because that's what the business has decided to do often more of on a whim than anything else you know that that's why we're kind of going around in circles and, and often these projects fail right which is um yeah, yeah. And, and it goes probably back to what i said earlier around the, the business partners now sort of questioning things. Um, I've certainly seen uh, one of the clients that we were having a conversation with last week or week before. Um, there was a query in the conversation about, do we really need a data strategy? So if they're already thinking like that, and, I, and the, the question back was, well, what else would you put in place of it? What would you do that's going to provide that 
understanding of where you want to go and that roadmap of how you're going to, you know, implement, you know, data strategies and, uh, and be successful. And somebody in the group said, well, we just need to implement technology because I think, you know, one of our vendors has told us we can do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I started from, look, do you know where you're starting from? Do you actually understand what kind of data you have? Um, do you understand the maturity and the capabilities that you have as well? Do you understand the landscape that you're dealing with? And, you know, we often start with something like a maturity assessment or a capability assessment of of their, you know, their entire estate. So that would be looking at people, process, strategy, um, you know, culture, which is a huge aspect, but often overlooked. Um, and technology is last, but, you know, it needs to be done and their, de- their data ecosystem. But it was very much, no, we don't need to do that. And actually, as as we discussed what they were going to do, the penny dropped after not that particular meeting, but after a, a few other meetings that they did need to really understand because it was the chief risk officer who said, hold on, I've done this before, but why are you doing it like this? And they came into the conversation a little bit later, but it was almost like, you know, oh my goodness, there is somebody who's speaking, you know, from through experience and 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 reasoning in the right way. So, I think there's there's always a there's always the the the, the possibility that technology can help, but can it can only get you so far. Um, and and doing these things that that will set, you know, the the, the foundations for success are key in order to really drive those values and drive the, the what I call the, the value chain of data uh, right across the business. So I think we've got to, you know, start to think in, in that way. And I think people are, um, you know, data strategy itself is loads of, you know, five, six years ago, people weren't speaking about it. Now, uh, you know, there are a lot of people saying, oh my goodness, we do need it. But now I'm seeing that they don't know how to execute it. So that's the other thing. They may need it but they don't know what to do with it which is very typical of strategy yeah yeah no, I I, went off in a little bit of a vein no no that's it that's I digress a, there at the end <laughs> no it's perfect <laughs> um so kind of trying to wrap this back all together then samir so um, I know that you've touched on it briefly, but the decision-making framework that you've got, just talk, and I know you don't want to give away all your secrets, yeah. but just talk us high level through, you know, what that consists of, how it works, and and then, you know, some use cases that you've, you know, you've kind of implemented and, and sure. what the, the value has come out of the other side. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I mentioned it earlier on about how it's set up in terms of the overarching framework. Um the way I like to put these things together is is always have the business uh, strategy in mind. So very often we will work with businesses to, as what there's one um, uh, uh, medical products company that 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 we're working with, who we started on the whole data strategy journey, but really we started very much with what's your business strategy, where are you going, what's your value proposition, who are your customers. Um, you know, what's the cost centers that you've got in place? How do you generate revenue? Um, so it's very much things around that business model canvas, really understanding and unpicking everything that's within their, their business. Now we do that, it's very easy for us to use this, this the, the, the data strategy or the data intelligence canvas to underpin it and support it. So as I said earlier, you know, now we've got a whole bunch of strategic objectives. We know exactly the, the kinds of decisions, the, the actions that we need to take, the business questions, where that data is, the systems that they're housed in. And essentially, we, built, we start to build that value roadmap. 
So it's really, it's really interesting how we can take the business view, build it into the the the, the strategy view with the with the data, and then start to to execute. So where have we, you know, you you've asked me what's the what what have been the benefits? So the logistics company that we worked with that I mentioned earlier, we were able to take out at least over a million pounds in their pipeline in their in their supply chain because we could analyze the data and understand, you know, how do we absolutely understand where the issues are? They were paying out a lot of cost. There's a lot of insurance stuff that they were having to to, to deal with. So it's really understanding where are the bottlenecks in their supply chain. And we did that purely, you know, using this framework to unpick where things were going wrong. And they wouldn't have seen that. The other thing that we were able to do was to, to bring back revenue for them. They had a lot of revenue leakage in their business. So it was literally saying, you know, we can now quantify that revenue leakage and you can reclaim almost 25 grand back a month. So just thinking about that is, you know, and we, and we did the, the, the you know, the, the, these are longer based projects, but the payback is huge when you consider that. Now, shorter projects, um, just using the, uh, you know, what I talked about earlier in terms of the, there are small nuggets of things that you can do. Marketing, for example, is a really, is a really, um, is is an area that you can start to optimize very quickly. So one thing we did was, you know, helped a a really global insurer um, optimize their marketing campaigns. It was an outbound marketing campaign they their typical tran- their, their typical um, conversions were between eight to ten percent, and they'd never really used data. Now the, the industry, I mean, they were doing pretty well if you think eight to ten percent, because typically you get about two to three percent. So the you know the marketing team was doing good, but they wanted to do better. So using data in flight, you know, you know, in a real time fashion, analyzing the campaign, understanding which time of days was better to convert with which demographics. Um, through the the different kinds of scripts that the the call center agents were having to read through, actually we were able to optimize the campaign literally on the fly. So working with the CMO and their team, and then the outbound look at you know forty five to sixty year olds, three to four um, p.m. during the day using script to be, you get higher conversion rates. And if there was cross training needed from the, you know an individual who was better with that script, we'd do that. In the end, we made forty percent conversion rate. So we, you know, that was you know thirty percent more than what they wanted to get, but that was a net additional revenue of about six hundred and fifty grand. So it can be done, and that was a that was a six week project. So the payback can be huge, and you really need to to drive that. It's no it's no point in just saying we're going to implement a a data lake, which will take us ages to do. Um, we did that off the back of really just bringing data together and visualizing it for the teams and for the executives in a very simple way. So w- they could monitor what was going on, you know, near real time and then be able to make those decisions. So, and we gave them those visual cues. So it's really about, you know, driving that simplicity in in business. Um, and that's where, you know, where we do it now. It sounds like it's possible. It is <laughs> absolutely, you know, if you use the right methods and the right approaches, and you're not, it's not a big investment outlay. Actually, you can, you know, and, and in that respect, the, the the CMO was able to, you know, show that use case by example. That helped the company think more about data. It upped the investment in data, so they were able to do more. It's just the those things that you know we need to to really think about 
and using the frameworks that we do, do accelerate that type of, of um, payback and ROI. Um, and I have, you know, uh, numerous examples um, and lots of colleagues who can do this very well. So yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you start to use frameworks and you strip it back for simplicity um, and you work on outcomes rather than data. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it, it always fascinates me because, you know, we talk about this, this topic of getting buy-in, right? And um, if you went to any mm. CEO in the country, regardless of the size of business and said, would you like to cut your cost by a million pounds? You know, I'm pretty sure they'd all bite yes. your hands off, right? But yet we seem to have this struggle of actually converting them onto, you know, to be part of our choir, so to speak. But um, that, you know, yeah. as you say, if if you if you go and prove what you're doing works, you know, it might be a, sh- a short sprint of a project. It shows some revenue and and some value, and you know, it, that leads to bigger and better things. And I think often we're guilty as an industry yeah. of trying to go on this, you know, three, four, five year transformation in one go where people fall off the wagon and get bored of what's happening. And it's just seen as a big cost because they're not seeing any value from yeah. it really. Um, so fair yeah. enough. So Samir kind of final question, right. mm-hmm. people listen to this today, um, you know, want to pick your brains on anything or interested in maybe how, um, you know, how you and, and data zoom might be able to, to help them. What's the best way for them to, to kind of reach you? You can, uh, uh, get me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, you know, they can, you know, that's, that's definitely one place that I live in, as you know, <laughs> um, Samir at datazoom.com, D-A-T-A-Z-U-M.com. Um, they, they can, they can hold of me and are happy to, to speak to anybody. Um, I think those are the best mechanisms, um, to get me and, and all my details are in LinkedIn. So there are no, um, datazoom.com they can come to as well. Um, Yeah. That that's where they can get me. I'm I'm, I'm sure they can't miss me. Yeah, fair enough. Well, Samir, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much for for parting all your wisdom with us. And um, yeah, we look forward to to speaking to you again soon. Thank you very much, Carl, for the invite. And it's been an absolute pleasure to to speak with you today. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then. Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.